Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have an awesome show planned out for you today here. Um, but before we go anywhere, before we do anything else, make sure you like, you subscribe, you hit the notification bell. Also, check out the Instagram page and all of those great uh, social media aspects of the game. Um, who we have? Who do we have here? We have Jana. She's joining us again. Wait, got to get my finger in the right direction. <laughs> there. In my screen, at least. Um, she's coming back again. I'm very excited to have you back. But So you're a boxer and promoter and coach as well? Uh, yeah, so I, I I was a boxer. I, I've mostly just kind of been focusing on jiu-jitsu now. Uh, nice. So a little washed up. But uh, I'm still quite active in the sport. Uh, obviously, a professional boxing promoter with uh, my business partners. Um, and uh, yeah, coaching. I have two coaching businesses and yeah, all, all things sports. All things sports and awesomeness. I like it. Yeah, cracking it out of the park, I'd say. Mm -hmm. right, Thank you. Jamie is a former para. I don't remember which. Uh, yeah, I was, mine, uh, but... I was part of three para for a while. Three para, there you went go. Went over to one para, which is our SFSG tier two unit. Um, spent six years over there. And now you they... jump jump off of tall buildings for a living right yeah well right now it's just the chief but yeah, yeah you know okay. wicked and um jamie correct me if i'm wrong you're hanging out in squamish correct yeah yeah i live up in squamish and do all the squamish things plus jujitsu plus everything else that you can think i have time for but i don't have much time anymore <laughs> it's in that good things. sounds like yeah. a well-lived life um so uh, we will we'll jump into this in a second here, but uh, Winterstorm, morning. How's it nice to see you? Um, morning. Any any thoughts? Anything? Any questions? Anything brewing in your guys' minds before we dive into a topic that I have will select at random? Any select thoughts? On. Okay, let's dive into it then. Uh, let's talk about. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, Dawdling. And dabbling. So Sean and I were chatting about this a little while ago, and we were kind of, kind of uh, well, he likes to make fun of the fact that I like I like to dabble in things. I like to do things. You're a dabbler. I'm a dabbler. I do. I, I like to try stuff out. I like to touch on kind of everything without really spending a lot of time in anything. So, you know, I might do something for a year or a couple years or six months or just to get kind of a semblance of competence in it and then i can either explore it later or i can move on to something else and kind of re-engage my brain um but i wanted to talk about why first off why is why could that be a bad thing and then dawdling on top of that you know dragging your heels and not really giving your full effort is also a negative thing any any initial thoughts on that right off the bat I'll just quickly crack out one just yeah. to establish my thought process on that. And that's why I teased you about you're a dabbler, Burroughs. <laughs> um, I, I think that it's okay to, if you want to dabble, cool. As long as you understand that you're dabbling and why you're dabbling. So dabbling, I define as, you know, just poking something a little bit and then moving along and not really committing to anything. It's just like a little taste test. First taste is free. And then you move on to the next first taste is free. And so you never get to really deeply explore anything. So my distinction is it's okay to dabble as long as you understand the Delta or the difference between dabbling and diving deep. And so I'm a fan of diving deep. I like to set tenure projects for myself. And so in order to understand dabbling, you've got to go deep. And if you never go deep, then you think dabbling is deep. And on dawdling, it's okay to dawdle if that's your if that's your gig. But you've got to set a hellacious pace in order to understand the delta between givener and dawdling. And once you understand the bandwidth of dabbling and dawdling, now you get to choose. But if you've never gone hard or you've never gone fast or never gone deep, then you never understand that you're a dawdler or a dabbler. I don't care if you dabble. I just care that you know the difference between dabbling and going really deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Any any uh, <clears throat> thoughts or expansions on that? I don't yeah. feel like I've ever 
dabbled or dawdled. I feel like I've just gone balls deep every single time on everything <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> it's like, so I haven't really got much experience on just like touching the surface. It's like I end up giving something a go and then I go down that as hard as I can. And it usually opens up crazy doors for me. So mm. I just, I don't know, that's been my entire life. Just, I just want to go at it. It's like someone introduced me to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I went down that route and I haven't stopped down that route, you know, and I've met some like pretty amazing people. It's taken me to some like, you know, it's taken me to some pretty unique UFC shows. Like, you know, and I've met some like pretty cool people. In fact, I spoke to one of the owners of one of the UFCs when I went down to Vegas. Like my buddy was fighting on the co-main event and I went down there and it's just because I got into this jujitsu and, and then you know, got down there, got talking to these crazy people who I went out with that night. And it suddenly, if it, if I was just dabbling in it, I would just be still stuck on that Americana versus I just went full into it and immersed myself in everyone and everything. And, you know, it's not just the, the, the social side to it, but it's also like the actual skills and actually learning it. Like I, I don't, I don't feel like I've actually done something in, in a sport or in a job or anything until I fully have, um an understanding of what that job is you know so you go you've got to get through those like four stages of learning you know the incompetent incompetence and all that like you need to actually get to a point when you understand what you're actually doing before you can before you can actually make an assessment of do i actually like this yeah or not you gotta you gotta know what you don't know <clears throat> yeah. i like that jenna thoughts um yeah you know maybe i missed it but do we define dawdling what i know what a dabble is but what is a doddle dawdling is like uh when you're when you're dragging your feet so you can have a good walking clip like you can have a, a, an aggressive okay. walking pace but dawdling is like okay. you know shiftless aimless bumbling around okay this is what i thought so then dawdling is i mean for the sake of the conversation quite subjective because to some to someone and i'm not advocating any of them i'm just you know posing questions to someone who's engaging in said activity their definition of how they're engaging with that activity someone else might see as dawdling but they might see that completely different that might be the pace in which they approach something um so as that's an interesting one uh the, the dawdle because i know a lot of dawdlers but they're doing something for like they'll do it for t like 20 years or something mm. and they put a lot of time into it. it's just at a slower pace than others so i find that an interesting concept you see that in jujitsu too like you know like the like the like the 10 year blue belt or something <laughs> like because you only showed up once a week but maybe that was all they had to contribute to that in their life so why not one a bit subjective but right uh, if i'm speaking personally yeah i'm, I'm definitely with with y'all i'm not a i don't do anything or invest anything um in my time into anything that I'm not willing to go full send on, mm. um, which is tough because I also <coughs> do a lot of things at once. Um, there's a lot of things I really enjoy putting my time into. So, uh, and, and to be excellent at something I think it takes, as you know, a lot of time and commitment and dedication and want. Um, so if you have a huge list of things you want to be excellent in, you, you really, it, it becomes tough. It becomes tough, but yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I'm going to echo, I'm going to echo y'all. I'm not a, I'm definitely not a dabbler. Yeah, and, and thanks for clarifying that uh, distinction between, you know, that 10-year blue belt as an example. From my perspective, maybe they're dawdling because I can see how much free time they've got in their lives that they're not using effectively in order to proceed forward down the BJJ path that they're so excited about. Mm -hmm. So in their life they're not dawdling in their head but in my view they're dawdling mm -hmm. because you know they've got their feet up and watching netflix four hours a day so you know i'm not saying that they're the devil and i'm heroic what i'm saying is that everyone's got to understand what dawdling means to them mm -hmm. and you're right to raise the point that if they can only do one session per week on the bjj mats and that that's them at maximum effort because of the lifestyle that they're leading they ain't dawdling in my books Mm -hmm. If they're a givener, they ain't a dawdler. And if mm -hmm. they're focused, they're not a dabbler. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's all contextual, of course. Mm -hmm. But then we yeah. come across those people who are saying that they're too tired. 
Right. Like, I'm too tired to be training. You're like, shut up. Like you need to be you need to be on the mats at that point. Yeah. You know, that's like, right. That's right. You know, I know you're tired. I'm tired too. My Everyone is. Okay. I'm tired of you hear I'm tired of hearing you talk about how tired you are. <laughs> so the the thing is like I, I'm a dabbler and I don't and I, I the reason I became a dabbler is that throughout my experience in life, uh I've when I commit to something, well, let me rephrase. When I have committed to things in the past, it usually ended up biting me in the butt because I would full send much earlier than I was prepared to actually go full send. And then I would have no reserve to manage if things got behind me or if I got uh, sucked into one thing and I would start neglecting the rest of the stuff that I was doing. Um, and so I've I learned very early on in my life that I needed to, I like to do 17 million things at the same time. <laughs> I like mm -hmm. to learn all the different things all at the same time. But uh, my, my major difficulty is that when I, <laughs> when I see it open five minutes, I like to fill it. I want to fill it with something. I want to do this. Oh, well, I'm going to do that thing too. And I'm going to do one of these things. And so I actually have to reserve myself regularly because otherwise I will fill all of my time with all of the stuff and neglect other things like my family or my kids or myself, especially. Um, so I, I personally have to dabble. Otherwise, I you uh, don't. You I don't can't. have right. to dabble. Right. What you have to, to do is yeah. prioritize and time manage. True. True. And I've only started to learn how to do that. <laughs> in the <laughs> army, I did not do well in. I was always the guy that showed up like 45 seconds before the timing. <laughs> I would be like, look, I'm on time. And they'd be like, no, you're already late. Uh, we have a good comment here. Dabbling is something like the blind first date. You're not entirely serious or sure what is going to happen and not investing a ton. Learn like you've been on a month of dates and care. Oh, that's a good point. Any thoughts on that? Hmm. Anyone? Uh, I, it's, it's, a, it's an approach, I guess. Yeah. And, and there's, I'm not saying that my approach or any approach is right or wrong. This is what I do. When I think to myself, this is what I thought when, uh, when I was turning 52 and about to go to my first BJJ class, I just looked at the problem and thought, done. I, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I wasn't too overly concerned with it. It was like 10-year project starts today. Hmm. And that's I'm now seven and a half years into my 10-year project. And when the 10-year project is done, I'll look forward to the 11th year. Mm. That's how I've done everything in my life. Mountain biking, coffee, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> whatever I've put myself into, I don't look at it as dabbling. I look at it as, as a prioritization, time management, focused outcome. I don't know what I'll turn into 10 years later, but I do know that I have expectations of me pushing the pace on my path forward. There's only so many hours in a day and I ain't going to waste them. Doesn't mean that my feet up on the couch watching Netflix is wasted time. That's good time if I identify that as good time. <clears throat> what I don't like to do is waste time. Mm -hmm. And so, and everyone understands that the older that you get. So for me, when I uh, committed in my mind to BJJ, it was a 10 year commit, not a dabbling commit. That's a great point. I'm, I'm just scared of rusting. You know, like if you if you rust and you like seize up and it's like, I haven't got any more time, you know, yeah. and, you know, I, I made a, a goal years and years ago. Like I, I lost a really good friend like in the army. He, he ended up winning the Victoria Cross and all sorts and another guy who was a very good friend. So these guys like they never made it out of their 20s, you know, and, and in my mind, I sit here and I'm thinking, well, I've got my life that I want to live and I have my goals and I'm going to you know, hit everything that I want to do on the, on the way to wherever I'm going, you know, but in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm also got to ride the, ride the way for these two boys as well, or three boys, you know, it's like, let's, let's do that. So now I had the little things like, you know, one of these guys, you know, was into skydiving and I was like, well, fuck, let me give it a go, you know? And, yeah. and that's how I got into skydiving was because, you know, buddy who passed away, like he was into it. And then I went down that route and I ended up like, getting so deep into it and I ended up like base jumping and flying all around the world and, and getting paid to do it. And that was not, that was not something that was on the, on the cards at the time. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, I just end up getting 
you know, in the motion and just rolling with it and just not stopping. And and maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing, and I don't know. Um, maybe we'll find out at the end of the game when uh, when we get. To I hope it's scores. not bad. <laughs> I hope it's not a bad thing because that is literally how I've run my entire life. In fact. Before I started this podcasting thing, a, a year ago, I had a coaching company that I'd ran for 15 years, my, my own coaching company. No one else worked for me, just me and a bunch of athletes that I worked for. And I named my company specifically Forward Momentum Coaching because I truly believe that the moment you stop is the moment that you rust. You've always got to keep moving forward. doesn't matter what the velocity is. You've got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing real quick here while I knock over my mic. Uh, we're going to watch the language, Jamie. <laughs> Sorry. My oh, yes, British. Uh, but it is. And I, we're, it's a challenge for all of us. Trust all me. Us. <laughs> but, uh, it is a little bit of discipline. The, um, the, the, the funny thing is the reason I wanted to talk about this specifically is, A, I love the point that you made, Jenna, was uh, dawdling is definitely subjective. Um, and I find that if I with jujitsu specifically. So for me, uh, I fell in love with it the first time I got um, tied in knots by a 16-year-old girl. That was like, Sick. okay, yeah, there's something to this. She uh, destroyed me and I need to learn how that happened. So <laughs> let's do this. Um, but if I, if I didn't initially dabble in it, which is me just going to try it out, I would never have found that. And I find that... Uh, you know, some of the advice I give to people when they get stuck is to just go try stuff, go try that, go for, you know, rock climbing, go to uh base jump, <coughs> like whatever it is, just go try something. Mm-hmm. And then, and so my advice to people is to dabble in stuff, but I usually say that when they are stuck, when they don't know what to do, they don't know where to go. They don't understand, or I can't say don't understand, but uh, they don't have a plan. They don't have anything to, to fall back on mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you guys find that um that diving all in on stuff has, has that negatively affected you anyway well is that I, you know what I, I, mean? thinking, I feel like i feel like dabbling is a really important process of the exploration process of finding what makes you tick and discovering what it is that you want to dive into if you're not mm-hmm. trying something because not, not like i think all of us can admit every not everything we tried we are still doing 110 percent today a thousand miles an hour mm-hmm. not possible um so you i think you have to dabble in things especially when you're really young um you know to figure out what makes you tick to decide what it is that you're going to end up prioritizing um you know, like not every sport I played, I still play. Not every musical endeavor or like in every language I studied, I still speak, you know, but that was all a very, ex- an important exploration process of discovering one self-discovery to um, finding what aligns with you and what you feel is worth your commitment. So I actually like would advocate for dabbling as long as it's not debilitating dabbling. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, someone who never commits to anything, has like a thousand things on the go and then wonders why they feel unfulfilled mm. you know, in their, in their subconscious. There's this feeling of unfulfilled expectation. Like they haven't fully actualized themselves, but I do think you have to be a curious person to decide and discover who, it, who you are and what's worth your time. So I'm going to like, I'm going to advocate for the dabble in, uh, in a context. Yeah. Curiosity. Well, the dabble is in the details, which is a play on words of the <laughs> devil is in the details. And so let me just throw this out there. And I think probably it's because the word is what's uh, tripping me up here on dabbling. As I see dabbling, it's someone who does a whole pile of things, but doesn't commit. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, they're, they're like surface level touch and they're moving on. So I would, in my world, I would never say to anyone, Hey, you know what? Go dabble a whole bunch for the next 10 years. Because it's not a commit. What I will say is, go try a whole pile of new things, but freaking commit to each one of them. So if someone says, I don't know what I want to do. Okay, take up a Frisbee golf, but commit. Get as deep into it as you want. One week, two weeks, four weeks, a million years, doesn't matter to me. But when you initiate, time We've only got got so much time on the planet. 
So if on your day one, if you enter into it thinking as dabbling, how far is that going to take you? But if on day one, you show up and think, I'm going to commit to this process and see where it takes me, you can always bail after three weeks or three years. But you never started. If you're in your head, you never prioritized. I'm going to give this my best crack and see where it takes me. That's why. So I think it's just the word that's kind of tripping me up. Or just the contextual definition. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Defining it clearly. Like, what exactly is the definition? That's why I always, even last time I was on here, I was like, okay, but like, what's the definition? Like, how how do we define this? Because you can't pick something apart or form an opinion or analyze its its usefulness unless you understand the context around it or the definition. So I think it's really important. You have to define your parameters first. Absolutely. Jamie, you had a a point there? Yeah, no, I think that's that's why jujitsu is good. You can't just dabble in jujitsu because if you just dabble in jujitsu, you're like, great. I have no idea what that barambolo is on my first day. You know, and like you're like you're sat there looking, going, I'm confused. Yeah, and you can, (laughs) and you're going to be confused for a a long time until you know the seven moves that you've learned finally link up, and then someone's going to stop those seven moves that you've learned. And you know, you need to like just keep going. And if you don't keep coming. And you don't commit to, you know, that specific thing. You're not actually going to, you're not going to understand anything. You know, you're just mm-hmm. going to sit back and be like, I hate this because I can't do anything with it. Yeah. But what point? Jiu-Jitsu just, that's why Jiu-Jitsu is humbling. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from. Like, just for example, last night I had a really big dude at the gym, you know, and at the end of it, he was just looking at me and he was just like, how how like you're tiny and you just go around me and i'm like well, yeah yeah but like i see things and you're you're just using muscle you know and he's like yeah i just gotta keep coming i was like yeah you keep coming and then eventually you'll 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 see these things and eventually because you're bigger you're gonna destroy me but you know you just need to keep coming for for us to you know fully understand so don't dabble in it and just go oh i've learned two moves and, and think you know everything you know you need to really into this isn't that the entire blue belt men- mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, know, I know what I'm doing now. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a coach all of a sudden with two stripes on your white belt. Yep, you're you're the yep. you're the man at that point. Um, effect, right? I do like the um, and that is the Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do like the at least the concept that I'm getting here is that dabbling in things is not such a bad idea so long as it's intentional dabbling. And so, and I, oh, I lost your audio there, uh, Sean. Um, so what, okay. what I mean, what I mean by that is like, you have to know that I'm here to try a bunch of different things and I'm just going to taste all of these things. I'm going to taste all the ice creams because mm. I want ice cream, right? It's not that you just kind of like randomly wander and you find yourself in an ice cream shop going, oh, look, Rocky Road, right? It's, <laughs> I'm going for ice cream. I'm going to get some ice cream, but I don't really know what flavor I want. So now I need to intentionally go and try a bunch of different things in order to have some ice cream that I really enjoy. And I think that's the key point is that for me, at least when I dabble, I'm dabbling for my own betterment. I'm trying things that I want to try because I want to try them. And I try a bunch of different stuff, but it's at the base level of it. I'm still, I'm the, the commitment is to me rather than just mile wide inch deep. There you go. What, what, what's, what do you mean? Break it down. Well, uh, I mean, if you're a dabbler, you're a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm. You, you never see what's below the surface. You see a whole pile of horizon in front of you because you've poked it all, <laughs> but you don't know what it means because you've never gone deeper than an inch. Mm-hmm. So mile wide, inch deep. Interesting. And if you, if, if it, it's, I, me, I'll speak for myself. I have touched so many different curiosity moments in my life. I've done a lot of things that I'm curious about. I've learned a lot through poking this, 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 and this. But in order to contextualize what I do or don't know, for me, I have to go deep in something to understand how little I knew. And through that process, the deeper I go, the more I understand how little I knew, the more I understand how little I know about the world around me on that 
one mile wide perspective. If you're only going an inch deep, you'll, you're not really understanding what you're doing and you're not really understanding what's out there to do. Because if you just keep poke, poke, poke in the world, you'll never understand that there's so much to learn if you commit to something. So we keep talking about commitment on the on the dabbling side of it, but, <laughs> you know, and and that and that's part of it. But other part of me, like, and I talk about this quite a lot with people, is is maybe it's the ego part of um, a lot of people coming in, and I find a lot of people struggle when they're, and I, I found it extremely hard. I came from like the top of my game in base jumping, you know, to then having to be the brand new white belt when no one knew who you were, you're nobody. And you have to come into that gym and you have to be humble. And I find a lot of people struggle with starting a game. Yeah. And then they may dabble for a bit because they're like, yeah, this is new and interesting. But when it becomes, you know, that plateau level where you're like, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. No one really talks to me that much. Yeah. No one wants to roll with me because I don't know anything. And I must, you know, you know, so, um, you know, how much is it? Is it to to people's ego before they go, okay, I'm out of this because I'm not good at this. I think that's probably one of the, one of the initial, um, I think that's a separating factor. That's the, yep. the piece that people say, I'm either, I'm, I'm either enjoying this and I'm going to work to get through this wall or I'm out. Mm. At least in my mind. Uh, any, any thoughts on this? I got a question from the I, I audience. I do feel yeah. that the ability to stay, if we're going to speak specifically about BJJ, <laughs> I feel that the thing that keeps people on the mats or keeps them in the game year after year is the fact that when they first showed up, they found a way to balance their sense of self-confidence like yourself, Jamie. Uh, as an example, you showed up as uh, large and in charge in your mind based on your past, as did I when I first showed up on the mats. I thought, yeah, I've done a few things. But, you know, that that humbling ass kicking that you get day after day after day, well, that's kind of hard on the head. And And I think it's for us, for anyone who's starting BJJ on their first little few weeks, you got to show up with a little bit of self-confidence, whatever that means to you, so that you can face the moment. And, and if you've got zero self-confidence, find a way to just get a shred of self-confidence to trust that you'll be able to last the night or last the week or last the month or last the year. So look for a little bit of draw down on some self-confidence that you may have from the past. And then just realize that you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> it's okay. That ass kicking is called your ego that's being kicked. So mm -hmm. I think it's all a very positive thing as we all understand, of course. But it's just getting right with the fact that you're not unique. Everyone that's on the mat that you're looking at on that first night has all gone through that same process. That's a great point. I love the fact I, I, I usually I like to say this to people is that we are all unique and we are all the same. Right. Like we, we are both. We, we all are our own personal things, but our, a lot of the processes we go through are all the same. Mm -hmm. uh, any, any thoughts on this before I, I got a question from the audience? So you guys are ready to move on? You guys good? Okay. So Winter Storm asks, question for the group. What is something you went full send on and devoted a lot of time and effort into that dropped off and you stopped doing? <laughs> and I, this says, but you don't know why, but I think either you do know why or you don't know why. I'd like to know both. Any thoughts? Who wants to go first? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can on that one. Yeah. So my very first, um, like career, you know, there's like there's jobs that you like have no intention on, and then there's like this could be my career. That my very first experience with that was that I was <coughs> a professional musician, um, singer songwriter for like ten years, um, and I started when I was fifteen. And I was too young to play in any of the bars or anything like that. So I used to busk. I played like indie music festivals, folk music festivals. I would do every venue that I could do until I was old enough. And then I was hosting jam nights, like on the radio, like in the studio, like offers to go to Montreal and record in Sarah McLaughlin's studio, like on and on it went. This was like what I was going to do. Um, and I performed in concert with some like incredible people. And there wasn't a thought in my mind at the time that this wasn't, music wasn't going to be my life. 
it's not my life <laughs> at all. You know, um, I like, I think when I was 27, I started, I like sold all my instruments. I have like one guitar left and I don't really think about it at all. You know, it's like, it, it feels like it was someone else's life. So it's really interesting. So I have a very personal experience with that. Like something I went like a thousand percent on. It was my job. That's how I got paid. Uh, it was my passion. And, uh, and I, I do know why I, you know, for me, I went through some, you know, really, really hard stuff at a, at a quite a young age. Um, and music was the only productive outlet that I had, you know, the one that was like, no one could be like, eh, bad choices, you know, or whatever. That was like the one that, that kept me sane. And it was something that was creative way to, to, and I didn't really recognize it at the time, but looking back now, obviously being able to analyze that a little bit more as, as a, as, as an adult, but, um, yeah. And it was interesting because once I started getting my mind right and my heart right about some things, made some changes in my life, I no longer really had that deep extrinsic and intrinsic connection to that path. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty, it wasn't easy to let go of. There was a little bit of a, you know, like anything, there's like a little identity crisis that goes for a, for a few minutes. But luckily I, I was someone who had other things on the go that I never felt like I fully attached myself to one thing. And like, you see that express itself in sport all the time. People that end up at a really high level in sport to get there is like 1000% commitment, everything else in your life sacrifices. And then when that thing leaves your life, you have this massive identity crisis of who am I beyond sport, you know, or whatever it is. There's mm-hmm. different examples of that in the world. Well, I had some other things, but it was definitely, uh, I think I ended up realizing it was, it was definitely more of an outlet then it was like a long-term viable thing that I was ready to, to do forever. So, you know, really interesting. So yeah, definitely. I know why, but I have a, I have a real personal one with that one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Jamie or Sean, Jamie. Yeah. Um, well, skydiving was one of the things that I went full send on, which is pretty hard to, you know, to grasp the idea is like, um, when I was, when I first started skydiving, I, I didn't like it. I hated it. And it took a long time to like really start enjoying it. And then over a period of time, I, I actually got into the uh, Great Britain skydiving team and we used to go around and compete at various competitions. We went to Bosnia, we went to Dubai, we competed at, like at, on a world stage. Uh, you know, we said the skydiving competitions around the world are pretty huge. Um, I used to teach all around the UK as well. And that was good, you know, and I, I used, I loved it. Like I, every single weekend time off week I had off like I would be skydiving and then I don't know when it was really but around 2012 like I started to fall off that skydiving love for it you know and and my transition to to base jumping which to a lot of people doesn't seem like a big jump but actually going from skydiving to base jumping is it's two different complete two completely different sports you know so I just exchanged one sport for another but I literally stopped skydiving, you know, and for many years I was like, well, actually skydiving is where base jumpers go to train, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a safe environment to fly wingsuits or learn different aspects. But like, for whatever reason, it was like one of my biggest passions for a very, very long time. And I just literally overnight stopped doing it, you know, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it's competing all the time. Maybe it was the training all the time, but it was just, so relentless i just remember after my second world meet i just was like you know i'm done and i sort of gave up on it and i still skydive occasionally here and there but you know nothing half as much as i used to and and that was a full full send and that was a career of you know like 10 10 11 years of you know skydiving full time at a high level as well so yeah what what, the reason why i did that i still don't really know but i just changed my like we're talking about the identity you know like that was my identity i was just you know jamie the skydiver and i was like i, I sort of don't want to be that, that person anymore and to me skydiving was a bit weird like base jumping offers a lot of freedoms like you get to travel the world you you can be jumping in the city or you can be hiking up mountains or climbing it like base jumping the creativity of getting to an exit point is the excitement it's like being in the recce platoon in the in the army like you you have to do that full recce of the you know the site before you can actually go in and and do what you want to do whereas skydiving for me became pretty like stagnant it was like i was traveling from 
you know, my house to an airport to fly to another airport to then take a bus to a skydive center, which is essentially an airport, get in a plane, fly up to 13,000 feet and jump back down onto an airport and do that over and over and over and over again until I decided I needed to go home. So I drove back to an airport, got on a plane, flew to another airport, got, and I got home. And I was like, I've been to some amazing countries and I didn't see anything about that country. I went to an airport, you know, and that just drove me nuts. And eventually, you know, I got into base jumping and, and it opened the freedom. And I was like, oh, I'm going to explore this town. I'm going to base jump everything I can set my eyes on or I think is possible. And then I'm going to actually enjoy my time and actually like try and enjoy this life and not just spend my life on an airport getting drunk on a nighttime. So yeah, that might be the reason. <laughs> Sounds like a good reason to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sean, any thoughts? Yeah. So, um, Jamie, I've done a little bit of parachuting. I used to be on the Skyhawks uh, parachute demonstration team, bit. but I've never base jumped. And so the reason I never base jumped, I believe, is because when I was doing a bunch of jumping, base jumping wasn't really a thing. It kind of came along as, as sort of notable uh, after I left uh, the teams. And so on that point, when I left the teams, that was the last time I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane until just last summer at Operation Pegasus Jump, uh, the first year that it got ran. And, uh, you know, it was quite a trip to be able to go and jump with some buddies again and do that thing after so many years. So the first thing I want to say is that even if you do depart from something that you used to love, if you stop doing it, but you don't know why, all right couple of decades later you can still pull on your para boots and go jump out of a perfectly good airplane just like i did so that's the first thing that i would like to say uh the second thing on this question specifically when i left uh, uh gtf2 uh not too long afterwards i thought well what am i going to do with myself i guess i'll go back to school and go be a nerd and so i became a computer system engineer and then i started teaching computer system engineers and so uh, my days became kind of busy and uh, I'd teach a uh, day class and I teach night class. So that would have me teaching from nine o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And I did that for a while. And then uh, someone asked me to write a book. So I wrote a 700 page book while I was also teaching day and night classes. What it did was it broke me. I freaking broke. I, the pace that I set for myself was so steep that I just couldn't hang on to the velocity of it. And by the time the book was printed and, you know, I was, I was actually teaching my classrooms and I had several, I was teaching them from my own book and, and it just felt like I cannot keep up this pace because I was pouring myself into my students. And right about the time that I realized I, I, I can't do this anymore, a buddy uh, sidled up next to me and said, Hey, Sean, what do you think about coming back and doing some international security work? And I looked at him and said, Yes, I'll take that. And so it's it's not that I wanted to stop doing what I was doing. It's because my insane pace obligated me to stop because I was breaking, man. And so that's the point that I would like to illustrate using myself as the poor example of don't be me. Don't dive in so deep and go so hard that you crack yourself. I could have dialed it back a little bit. I could still be teaching perhaps, but I guess the upside is that because I freaking cracked myself, I then went on to do some other careers as well that have rounded me as a human being. I'm, I'm more well-rounded. I didn't dabble. I explored and then I committed to some things. And that's what puts me uh, here today is, is just a little more well-rounded than if I just would have stayed in one career getting after it. That's a great point. <clears throat> I think that uh, probably would have done the same in the teams as well. Like if you had stayed, it would have, you would have poured yourself even more into them. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenna, I know you were saying earlier that uh, you were good for 45 minutes. Did you have to take off right away or are you good for the rest of the, Oh, I think I'm you. Sorry. 12. Sorry. Say it again. Uh, we go till 12. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I can, I can actually stick with you guys. It's all good. Yay. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, uh, any other thoughts on dab dawdling and dawdling or dabbling? 
let's get the two of them put in there because uh we can move on to something else if you guys are good um again we're just scratching the surface we love scratching the surface here and we love going on tangents um just because all these things are we could spend days talking mm -hmm. about right like this is these are large topics that could the depth we could go into these is more than an hour we could show. stop I mean, dabbling dabble in this. <laughs> <laughs> um so here's i got another topic here and i'll have a number of topics here obviously but this is the one i want to talk about specifically adventure and isolation mm. um and the reason i want to talk to you guys specifically about this one is because you guys are adventurers you guys like to do stuff you guys like to push your boundaries and go places and do things mm. and i'm wondering do you prefer to do it by yourself or do you prefer to do it with others do you like is the adventure in finding it out by yourself or is the adventure in being with the with others as you discover things mm. jamie i'm gonna put you on the fire you're first all right well i don't know i i, I do a lot of stuff by myself as well um you know like base jumping for example like i i go a lot with certain people you know and i will travel and adventure with those those guys but eventually when it gets to the you know game time it's i'm on my own yeah even if i'm flying with three or four other people you know like yes we talk about how to keep each other safe in the in the airspace or if we're flying down the mountain or you know where we're going to make certain turns but realistically like you're you're on it on your own so yeah i, I adventure with a everyone else but i'm also like when it comes to game time but i'm by myself so it's uh it's a hard one like it, very rarely these days do i go completely base jumping alone you know sometimes you will see me on the team just doing it but yeah i don't i don't do it too much anymore alone um but i don't know i i sort of i think it's the whole experience you know and you, you have to enjoy everything of the sport even the, the bad side of the sports so mm. Mm. awesome jenna any thoughts yeah it was actually really similar kind of what popped into my mind and in the context more of like combat sports which i see i think has like a parallel to that is like you know you have your training partners you have your coach you know you have your sparring partners whatever it is but when you when the bell rings you're by yourself it's you and that other person so it's very much a solo journey so um i think i think there's a place for both i think it's um, you know, you have to have the, the deep trust in yourself and your grit that when the time comes and you are alone, that you can perform and level up and, you know, protect yourself or, or whatever it is contextually. Um, and then also the respect and appreciation for the people that got you there that kind of like held your hand along the way or gassed you up or challenged you or you rolled with, or you sparred with or whatever. Um, so I think the adventure part happens on both sides. I think, you know, the exploration and the journey happens socially and individually. Um, and then the actual, like, if you want to put it in the, the, the context of, you know, a fight or whatever it is. And, and, and I think, I think combat sports has so many parallels to life. Like you can go off, you know, like I'd, when it comes time to, you know, execute whatever, or teach that class or whatever it is in your professional life, it, it is very much a solo, a solo thing. You know, it's, it's you versus, it's you versus you and it's your expectations for yourself. Uh, and, and, and you get to, to learn the lessons, the hard ones, and then you get to reap the, the rewards personally as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Sean, any, any thoughts on this? I know. You yeah. I'm, I'm an, I like to adventure in isolation. <laughs> I always, that's, that's just my way. And I don't know whether it's who I am or whether it was taught to me. Um, you know, as a pathfinder or as a sniper, you have to be comfortable in your own skin and not rely on anyone for anything. You've just kind of got to own the day every day. And so that's what I got taught. That's what I got used to. That's what I like. And then it was reinforced when I started training for to try to become a world champion in 24-hour solo mountain bike racing. Here's the hard facts. You have to ride a lot. I'd be riding like 20 hours a week kind of thing or more. Mm. And so... There's in my local town here as an example, there's just no one who's into going out for an eight hour ride in the mountains. Oh, and by the way, make sure you bring lots of food with you, pal, because I'm going to set a hellacious pace. No one signs up for that. And so I would just get used to adventuring by myself to a point where then I just like to adventure by myself. 
Whereas if people were coming out with me, it was actually sometimes uh, not a negative, but it was a distraction because either they couldn't keep up or I was fixing a bike or I was helping them make their sandwich or I was lending them my water or I was like, whatever, just, just things that were a distraction to my own isolated pursuit of chasing a world championship. And it's not that I'm mean-spirited or I don't work well in a team. I mean, I understand team environments. But for me to draw the best out of myself, I find that I like to work by myself. Even when I'm traveling with my family, uh, wherever, overseas or whatever the case is, whatever we're doing on an adventure, there comes a time in that adventure where I have to separate from my team, my family, and go walk Paris by myself. Because I'm unsatisfied unless I get to explore in isolation and not have any white noise around me. And I'm not throwing my family under the bus saying they're white noise creators. That is not the case. It doesn't matter who's next to my shoulder at some point. They could be the most squared away guy or girl in the world. And at one point, I'm going to want to look to them and say, hey, just be quiet for a little while because I want to explore. That's the way I'm wired. My apologies to the entire world that I like to do things by myself from time to time. But I love adventuring in isolation. Do you think that this has something to do, is it like a level of control in that if there are others around you, they become kind of your responsibility? You got to look after them or watch over them or um, engage with them in some way? Because the example you gave me, Sean, of like, if you had another super squared away dude beside you, if you were just walking around in silence together, would that still be the same or would you need to physically Oh, no, now separate? I'm good to go. As, hmm. as long as they can just be quiet for a while, now we're good to go. And as okay. I like to think, if I'm walking around Paris, it can be moving meditation, baby. I'm, I'm observing the world. I'm learning in the moment. I'm zenning out. I don't have a whole pile of you know, conversation going in my head. I don't have to have a conversation with anyone else. I can just zen out and explore and observe and learn and feel rather than having to interact with the person next to me on the regular. If it's a guy or girl who's squared away that I don't have to feel like I've got a command and control, that's a senior NCO in me, I guess, where I feel responsible for the safety and welfare of the men and women under my care. That's how I've always felt. And so if, if it's someone next to me, guy or girl, and I know they're good to go, they don't need my command and control. In fact, they don't want it. But they're also not such a distraction that they're constantly chirping in my ear about, is that an ice cream store? What kind, of, mm. what, what kind of ice cream do you think they sell? Like, guy or girl, I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. When I'm zenning, when I'm exploring, when I'm adventuring, I want to sometimes do it in isolation. And by the way, sometimes I don't even know when I want to do that. I can hang out with my family all day long. And at some point, I'll just think to myself, I need to go explore by myself, even if it's only for 10 minutes, you know? And sometimes there's no good reason for it other than I need it. And I'm not going to be rude and say, hey, can you all just shut up? I need 10 minutes and I'm going to leave you for a while. Mm -hmm. It's trying to figure out that delicate balance between interacting with others, not in isolation. It's funny because I'm exactly like that. Like, I feel like there's times when I just need to be away from everyone, you know, and it will just be, it, it's one of those moments. It's like, now is the time, you know, and I, I sort of like, I don't need to adventure or anything like that. I just need to be alone. You know, you're talking too much. Yeah. Like you, I, I think there's a lot of people that aren't confident uh, or, or, or maybe just like insecure that they need to be, you know, moving their mouth too much. Like, it's like, Hey, just, there's nothing to be said right now. And if you don't talk to me, I still like you. You know, like that's just, just pump the brakes. I'll like you more if you stop talking even. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, so <coughs> what I, it's not so much the physical isolation that you need. It's the mental isolation. Is that where like to be able to completely focus inward versus, um, versus actually being physically alone? Would that be a good assessment? Not for me. I no. need. It's not that I need, maybe. that's Maybe that's the wrong word. I want mm. a total disconnect from all of y'all. Mm. That's why I jump on my bike and I go, that's what I'll be doing after this podcast. 
I'll be jumping on my bike and go smash the single track for an hour or two with no one because I don't need anyone. I just need me to be cracking out some good times on my bike and not really thinking about, I wonder when they're going to catch up. I wonder where they're at. I wonder if they're lost. I wonder if they're okay. I wonder if they're drinking water right now. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need any of that administrative nonsense. I just need to crack out on an isolated adventure. And it clears, not, not just clears my head, but it's who I am. It's what feels right to me. I was like an extroverted, introverted person. I've been I've been called yeah. that before. <laughs> oh, and other rude names as well. And other things. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of comments here. Uh, Gervin says, I like both, but there is something special about going it alone. When I do solo canoe trips, I'm confronted with myself because I have to be very honest to myself about my capabilities. You learn a lot about yourself when you do things like that alone. Absolutely. Could I totally agree with that and Gerben also continues Sean wanting to be alone and do things alone is not the same as wanting to be away from someone else and they are two very different things mm. and uh what are we oh here's a good one it's a sense of singularity to appreciate your own independence mm -hmm. I think that's a great line um, I love being independent man mm -hmm. I it's what I was taught it's how I feel the way it's how I work anyway and I just wish more people could understand that be comfortable in your own skin, be independently confident, and the world just gets a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, well, we got one more here. Boom. When you're thinking, you're not talking, and when you're talking, you're not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true that is. It's it's a pretty good not uh, over generality. Here, not on the collective. Yeah, not here. I, my <laughs> eyes are blinking on the regular yeah. trying to absorb it all. <laughs> um, yeah, the, you know, the real challenge, I think, actually goes back to this comment in... Uh, this one here of wanting to do things alone, not the same as wanting to be away from someone else because I get in this mode too, where I just need silence or time out just to be me outside of anything else. That doesn't mean I don't want to be near other people. It just means that I need to focus on me mm. and like live in my own head for a little while. And my wife has, uh, has had a, a number of conversations where we'll be sitting on the couch together but I will be totally silent. She'll be like, are you, you okay? Do you want me to like, you want me to go somewhere else? I'm like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, I'm just enjoying the moment, feeling being a part of the world, uh, but I'm not in isolation, but I'm isolated mm. mentally versus physically, at least for myself. That's what I like to do. Um, we are rolling up a little bit here, uh, close on time. So let's go around one more time any thoughts on any last final thoughts on either isolation or adventure or um you know what we were talking about beforehand that i can't remember right now <laughs> can't find the uh dabbling and dabbling. dabbling and dawdling thank you um well jenna then uh thanks for volunteering yeah. <laughs> any, any final um, thoughts you know, anything uh, that, uh, burning on your head yeah you know um a kind of a phrase that's always been like a like a i don't know like i guess what do you want to call it like my a pillar of things that are really important for me is the idea of self-reliance, which kind of goes along with the idea of um, being okay, being, and, and, and seeking out productive space by yourself, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, making, making yourself a priority enough to know when you need to pull the trigger on those moments. Right. But self-reliance is really, really key is like, can I rely on myself to forgive myself? Like it, you, you can swipe that across a million topics, love myself, like handle difficult situations, learn something new, acquire a new skill set, engage socially, you know, like have a difficult conversation, find solutions, you know, be in innovative, be creative. So self-reliance is a really important one. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with, with that idea. Yeah. Good. Totally. I, I, Maybe I, I'm going to botch this, but I love what you just said. It was along the lines of finding a comfortable space or finding a good space where you can be comfortable and productive or along those lines. Mm -hmm. it, that That's freaking amazing. That is Chance Burrell's merch, t-shirt, hat, Raj. coffee mug. Writing it down. <laughs> Um, Jamie, any? Uh, I'll be collecting my royalties checks later. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you'll expect a, a big fat zero on big that check. Zero, yeah, hey, it's yeah. on my first time getting that. I'll, I'll, it'll it'll have it. You'll have a check. It'll say the collective. 
but there yeah. won't be anything on it then. Like <laughs> one stunt or something, or the, just, just the cash. Yeah, I'll, I'll write in the notes, adventure in isolation. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, cash is isolated, zero dollars. Um, Jamie, any final thoughts, anything uh, on top yeah, of your like head? You know, like adventuring alone, you know, will actually really teach you if you really like what you're doing. Um, and that, that is a little bit harder when we're talking about jujitsu and stuff like that. But, you know, I used to, I teach people who, you know, who are base jumping, who are my students. And I'm like, when you realize that you go away and you jump on your own and you've got that confidence and, you know, you're going to, you're relying on yourself to do all your checks. Yeah. You're relying on yourself to be alone in the mountains. You're, you know, you're happy with all that, you know, you're going to find out if you are doing the sport for the right reasons. You know, and you're not just doing it for the Instagram likes and the followers, you know, and you're not just doing it to pump your ego up, you know. So, yeah, I feel like isolation also gives you that point of are you doing, you know, are you dabbling in this sport or are you doing this because that's exactly what you want to do? Mm, that's a very good point. Sean, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that with coach jay and jamie that you know you, you got to commit to something in order to learn how to learn you got to commit to something in order to learn not to make those mistakes you got to commit to something in order to learn how to become better mm -hmm. and the fastest way to do that i feel is in isolation or by yourself owning your journey owning those mistakes if you're there with another person or other persons and, and you're having a moment that you can't move through by yourself, everyone's going to pile in and help you. And you'll never learn the lesson that you could have learned if you had to sort through it yourself out there in the middle of nowhere. I'm not suggesting that it's for everyone, but for me, I like to learn the hard lessons by myself in the mix when it's cold, wet, and I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I've had the most exclamation marks put after any lessons that I've learned in life. It's through isolation by myself. That's how I'm wired. That's for sure. I like all these points. These uh, I've I've found that uh, isolation has always helped me when I'm in worse positions than I should be, usually due to my own choices. But the, uh, <laughs> uh, when you can actually stop and separate, and it allows you to physically and mentally detach from whatever the problem is, because you're now. Mm fully engaged in whatever it is you're doing. And at least in my mind, the, uh, the ability to be yourself by yourself is a skill set that needs to be built upon. You can't just out of nowhere live your, this is where I, I, I think that it's challenging is that people are going to hear this and be like, okay, I'm going full send and having no experience in the wilderness are just going to go hiking for three days. There's a, there's a skill set that you need to build there first. Right. No. 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 You don't need any skills. Go put your boots on. Go walk out there. Make a boatload of mistakes. Learn a boatload of lessons. Come back and think, wow, that wasn't dabbling. Wow. I learned a bunch of things. Wow. I'm better for it. There there is the other side of that where they get lost they and probably die don't in the die. Woods. No. I mean, <laughs> statistically, it's rare. And so go make some go make some mistakes by yourself figure some things out you'll be good to go okay jamie had a, a thought on that real quick <laughs> yeah yeah don't just please don't just wander into the woods like I, all right I've been part of don't don't slather yourself in honey and go find bears uh, that's yeah. not my point <laughs> have the right equipment if you're going to go out and at least yeah. the 911 will actually get you through the search and rescue there you go <laughs> um one last comment here commit to something to show yourself that you're serious honor your own time and effort and give them appropriate value. I think that is absolutely. <laughs> and uh, that's fantastic. And then we have uh, one last comment here. Basically, we should keep ourselves busy in activities and also be alone. Mm. I think there's more on that. Find the right balance. Find the right balance. There we go. That's the way to do it. All right. Uh, well, I can't thank you guys enough. First off, it's been an absolute pleasure. Love having you guys on here. This is... Uh, thank you super fun i love talking to y'all um jamie you got an open seat here anytime you want to come back on so long as you can manage your uh vocabulary they only got one one strike <laughs> you got one you yeah, did all good. right yeah for the british well. you did all right for, for a british paratrooper i think there I did you go 100%. Well. uh and 
Jenna, always good having you on here. You got an open seat, you know, um, anytime you want to jump on, shoot me a message. You just randomly be like, Hey, I'm not doing anything. Throw me on the collector and be like, done. (laughs) So, Well, ironically, I think that uh, coach Jay probably is quite busy and probably doesn't have a pile of free time because she ain't a dabbler. That's right. That is a hundred percent correct. But, (laughs) uh, on that note, next time, uh, Everybody can get together. We can have a long chat. We all can learn. We can grow. We can build upon one another and uh, do better every day. So we'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Thanks, guys. Yeah.